So a few years ago, gosh, this was probably maybe 2014, 2015, I went to visit with one of my good friends. Um, She is a white woman. Um, That's important and relevant to the story. And um, she and I had been working together to, I I guess, um, not only respond to racial injustice happening throughout the country, in the news, on our social media feeds, but we were also trying to figure out how we could really help our community Um, our broader community understand systemic injustice, systemic racism. Um, So really wanting people to step back from the moment to understand the larger story that was unfolding um, and wanting to help people find their place in that story so that we could all help be part of the solution. And so she and I had been working together as part of this larger organization and had built a lot of trust and relational equity. Um, We're still good friends to this day. Um, but at the time, I don't know, things were really tough. They were really fraught, at, at least for me, emotionally. And so um, I'd gotten really frustrated about something that was happening, or I guess I should say some things that weren't happening on the organizational level, you know, wanting to see changes in leadership and changes on the board and all these things. And um, in the midst of all of that, I kind of unloaded on her and blamed her for a lot of the changes that I wasn't seeing and I was really frustrated, and I think in that interaction, she felt um, defensive naturally and also frustrated with the pace of change, but also frustrated by her own limitations as a leader in the organization. And um, and yeah, it was interesting because for me, as a person who didn't work for the organization but was trying to help change it, I had one expectation in mind about how fast change should happen, why it should happen, like, hey, this is urgent, we need to change things. But I had no idea. Um, Some of the daily operational, organizational power dynamics she was facing as an employee of this organization. And it just kind of all collided. Um, It wasn't like an explosive argument or anything, but I went to visit her after so I guess a little context we had the conversation where I blamed her for a lot of things that some of which may have been her fault a lot of which probably wasn't and then we had a follow-up conversation at which point I felt like she was blaming me and and it was really painful it was really painful really confusing um I've learned about myself in recent years that um that when I feel misunderstood And when there are racial and power dynamics at play that I can't quite wrap my mind around, I'm really tempted to just back out of those relationships altogether. And so um, I did. I withdrew a lot, um, not only from that friendship, but from the organization for a while um, just to get healthy and and to get some perspective. And I can say with confidence now that it's been six or seven years that I do have a lot more perspective. And when I reflect on that experience, there are – at least three big things that were happening. Um, One was that I was still and am still, um, but at the time, I was at a really particular point in my own racial identity journey, figuring out what it meant for me to be a black woman um, in this majority white organization, figuring out what it meant for me to use my voice, to carry some degree of influence, wanting to educate others, but also being really insecure about that education. And so I had just my own mental, emotional, social stuff going on, on top of navigating all of the like big picture systemic realities of blackness and womanness and and um, the complexities of 
just, you know, society. And, and I was navigating all of that, which collided with my friend, a white woman who was also navigating those things for herself as a leader, um, coming to grips with her privilege, coming to grips with her, um, her desire to be seen as one of the good ones, one of the good whites as a friend. I have a friend who says it that way. Um, and so it was, it was a lot of just like internal, mental, emotional stuff happening, right? And then this is all happening between in our relationship against a backdrop of really unbelievable racial injustice. And, and here we were, two women, a part of an organization that we felt and believed should do something about this racial injustice, not only nationally, but in our own context. And we were grappling with how to do that. Is it through education? Is it through advocacy? Is it through protesting? Is it through small things like conversations with peers? Is it through big things like legislative change? Is it through firing everyone who currently leads and bringing in new people? Is it through partnerships? Is it through fundraising? Is it up close? Is it far away? Well, what are the power dynamics of that? Um, What's enough? What's not enough? What's good? What's harmful? It's a million questions. It's so many things. And and I think um, even though we both shared a desire to get it right and to do it right, we were having to navigate all of the realities of being human in the midst of that. And and it was just it was just not simple. It wasn't simple. And it wasn't nearly as simple as, you know, some workshops and trainings and books would lead you to believe. Um, and so I tell that story because in many ways, that situation and countless situations since then, whether it's in organizations I've worked with recently or clients I've consulted with or even just things I've read online I've just been really, um, what's the word? I want to say obsessed, but maybe that's not the right word. I've been really captivated by this big question of how does change actually happen anyway? Like really, how does it actually happen? I'm sure it's through a lot of things. Um, I'm sure it's through some things that are really simple. I'm sure it's through some things that are really big. I don't know that I really believe anyone who says they have it all figured out because I I just haven't ever seen humanity work that way. And yet I think of large social movements like the modern day civil rights movement and others where people were able to amass a degree of collective vision and persistence towards a more equitable goal and, and they made it happen. And yet that change wasn't complete, right? Because our generation here in 2021, we have this baton and we're carrying it too. And um, and we have work that we're going to do in our lifetime. And so, yeah, I'm always curious, like, how does change actually happen? Because I see and I'm so familiar with my own limitations. Um, and then I am interacting with other people who have their limitations and and yet we are convinced that the world can be better and that our institutions can do more. And so how does change happen? How do we get things done? That's, that's the question. Welcome to the Diversity Gap Academy, where good intentions meet true cultural change. My name is Bethany Wilkinson, and I am your host. Hey friends, Um, Bethany Wilkinson here. Welcome to the first episode of the Diversity Gap Academy. Yeah, this is new. This is brand new. 
I'm really excited about it. I've been thinking about it for a long time. I do have to apologize because I, well, long story short, I live with my parents on their farm. Some of you know this. And they have two dogs outside, right outside my window, and they are barking at only God knows what. And so if you hear dogs barking, that's just my real life. And so I'm coming at you from the farm. Um, maybe one day if you're lucky, you'll hear, you'll, you'll hear um, the cows moo. There's only one cow, actually. Maybe you'll hear the cow moo. But anyway, I've gone on such a long tangent. Welcome to the Diversity Gap Academy. Um, this is a new podcast. Uh, for those of you who know, I am the founder of the Diversity Gap Project and the Diversity Gap Podcast, which um, is a project that I led in partnership with Plywood People and... Um, And it was great. I spent two years interviewing thought leaders and creatives and entrepreneurs about the gap between good intentions and good impact as it relates to organizational culture and diversity. And I learned a lot and I hope to continue learning, but I wanted a space where I could just share some of those lessons a bit more unfiltered, not just from, you know, interviews I've had with other people, though those are awesome and I'll probably reference them, but I wanted to share with you Uh, stories from my real life, my work with clients, my work with organizations, um, key frameworks that have been really powerful for me and helpful as I am navigating what it looks like to pursue diversity, inclusion, racial justice in organizational life, because I think it's different within the context of an organization than it is um, in general public society, than it is in a family culture. So I wanted a place to share those lessons, and I also wanted a place to build an online learning community where we can have e-courses and retreats and gatherings and think tanks and and just space to learn together. Um, I am convinced that our best solutions come from collaboration. They come from learning with one another, and something that I've really missed since I'm no longer in school is having a learning community. And so the Diversity Gap Academy is many things. It's an online learning platform. Um, But in this format, it's a podcast where I will share bite-sized lessons and ideas and, and frameworks that have been a real gift to me over the years as I have tried my best to lend my skills to seeing organizations really embody all the things they say they value. Um, so if you're wondering, hey, is this for me? I, I will say that my focus tends to be on nonprofit organizations, on small social enterprises, on small businesses. I don't have a lot of experience. Correction. I have almost zero experience in corporate America. Um, I've always worked on small teams for nonprofits, for churches, that sort of thing. So many of my stories come from that context, but hopefully some of the ideas translate. Um, And if you're wondering, hey, how can I support this project? How can I be a part of it? There are a few ways that you can do that. So if you check out the show notes, you can go to www.thediversitygapacademy.com and you'll find that there are three big ways you can support. Um, The first way is to listen to the podcast, share, um, rate, review the show. I'm not on Instagram right now because I needed a whole break um, from social media, but you can still share about the show online, um, and if you are really interested, you can sponsor a podcast series or season or episode, so you can learn more about that at the on the website. Um, another way you can support, and not just support, but be involved, is to become a member. So um, I have created a membership community through Patreon. I'm sure you've heard of Patreon. Um, maybe you haven't. If you haven't, you can find it in the show notes, but Patreon is a really great platform that allows people... Um, 
um, access to exclusive content and and ex- learning experiences and artwork. And so if you want more of the Diversity Gap Academy, if you want more time to um, just to connect with me, to connect with other people in this community, Patreon is a great way to do that. So you can learn about that on the website. And I'll share more about that in the weeks to come as well. Um, And then the last way, and I'm super excited about this, the last way you can be involved with the Diversity Gap Academy is to sign up for my first live workshop of 2021. Um, It's going to be on March 9th. I'm like, 96% 96% sure it's March 9th. Um, it's on March 9th, and it's going to be 60 to 90 minutes. I haven't fully decided yet. Um, and it's going to be an opportunity for us to get together and to talk about what it looks like to reframe our diversity efforts into something that's truly anti-oppressive, truly liberating, and just has more of a of a racial justice frame. So, Check it out, Diversity to Liberation. That's what we're talking about on March 9th, and you are invited. Um, so you can read more about the event. You can learn about the tickets. Um, they're group tickets. They're individual tickets. And if you become a member, a Patreon member, you get discounts to tickets to the workshop. So those are three ways you can support the Diversity Gap Academy right here out of the gate through supporting the podcast by listening and sharing, um, subscribing, rating, reviewing, all of those things. And then by becoming a member of the Academy, which you can do via Patreon or via, uh, via the Diversity Gap Academy website. And then lastly, I hope that you will consider joining us for this um, kickoff event in March. And so those are all the things, friends. I'm really excited to share what I've learned with you. Um, I'm just pumped. I'm just really pumped to be sharing in this platform And you can keep an eye out in the next couple of days. My hope is to drop a couple of episodes a week just because I have so much that I want to share. So many things I've just been keeping tucked away in my pockets and um, my metaphorical pockets. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I can't wait to share with all of you. So I hope you are having a great day. Thanks for listening. And I will catch you in a few days. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Diversity Gap Academy. To support the show, you can subscribe, rate, and review. To learn more about the Academy, visit www.thediversitygapacademy.com. And until next time, may your good intentions for diversity lead to true cultural change.